2: Welcome. Welcome back to Studio Secrets A to Z. I'm your host, Anthony J. Resta, and we are here today with a very special guest. I'm really excited to introduce you to Joe Samba. He's an incredible performer, songwriter, in, in roots uh, reggae and rock combined, and just, I mean, an all-around amazing musician. Welcome, Joe. Good What's to have you. What's going on, Ajax? Hey, Man, it's so great to see you. i um, I'm so excited. We're actually working together, and we were in the studio, and I said, well, we need to just talk about all the incredible things that you've done and are doing, and um, I'll start off by saying I saw you at California Vibes, and I was like, the last time I saw you, it was like a local band, you know, back in Massachusetts 10 years ago, and then I'm seeing him in this giant shed and just like with all these national acts, and I was just overjoyed for you. Uh, It's just incredible, your journey.
3: Thank you so much. Yeah, I it was it was awesome like playing the show because I didn't see you before we started playing, and I'm playing my show. There's all these hippies around smoking pot, and then I see Ajax in the middle bobbing his head. I was like, there he
2: is, sweet. <laughs> oh, it was um, it was amazing, and uh, yeah, I mean you have so much soul, and and you know you get thrown into the reggae rock and stuff but like i'm just working on a track with uh joe and he sounds he's got moments that sound like sam cook i mean the most soulful beautiful oh thank you singing that you can you can re- i'm just blown away it's just exciting so let's um jump right into this um uh i got your bio and stuff and i was looking at some of the, your influences and you know we can go way back actually so i was i was friends and with um your we got to
3: start from the beginning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's do. what that's what yeah. we got to do.
2: Yeah. So you're his, Joe's dad, um, Jimbo, is a, a old dear friend, amazing bass player. We played in bands uh, on the road and, and stuff. So when I first you you were like you know a, a toddler or whatever. I was a kid. Yeah, I was really young. And uh, I guess it was around what year was it that we did the first song we worked on together? Uh,
3: um, I was sixteen. Yep. At the time, no, no, I was eighteen. Okay. I'm 31 now. Wow! I don't know. Four, is that 14 years? 14 years ago? Something
2: like that. I, it's it's crazy how fast the time goes. But it's it, insane. W- later on in the show, we're gonna play that track. We heard it today, and I was absolutely floored by it. Like the energy and the just the it, just a great song. Um, I can't
3: I can't believe. So what what you showed me was the original demo I sent you of the track that we ended up recording. That's, that's that, right. that I <laughs> haven't heard since I was <laughs> like. Seventeen years old.
2: Wow, that's it's crazy. Yeah, yes, it's um, yeah, it just blew my mind because I hadn't heard it. I, I probably heard it a few years ago, but it, it just was, you know, it's just wonderful. But um, I wanted you to tell great. us about your upbringing as a kid, like being around your family, like what it was like. How how did you get involved with music, and at what age?
3: Well, you know, my dad. So yeah, yeah. he he got me into it real young, like because my dad's a bass player you know you guys were in a band together in the 80s or something right yep yep so that's how you all know each other and he's played in so many different bands and just growing up he was always putting on tower of power and 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 the beatles and like you name it and he he it was a musical household for sure like Yep. my brothers play um it was a where I'm a I'm a the youngest of three boys and we all played music so my mom was probably driven into craziness <laughs> but she's the most supportive amazing lady and yeah just a very musical family in general growing up
2: so who was the drummer in the gang
3: uh it started with my brother tone yeah and uh i i took drum lessons for a while yeah. in general too but i get yeah tone was the drummer he was the drummer of the guys
2: so i read uh somewhere online that you performed uh i feel good by james brown when you were like what wh- how old
3: <laughs> very young <laughs> uh and, I must have been like six or seven yeah
2: and tore the house down so and tore
3: the house down
2: so your 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 destiny was shaped there was there's no sometimes like one of the things I I talked to artists about it's like sometimes it chooses you it doesn't you don't choose it and it's yeah. it's like you know if if it's deeply ingrained in you you you, you can't do anything else it's like it, mm-hmm. it, it, no matter what no matter what you do it's like it doesn't it's just who you are so exactly that you um you know the The music that you make it's I'm not familiar with a lot of the bands in the scene but it just instantly stands out as just you know special um, thank the, you the song um, Create Something yeah Create Something yeah I want to play uh, one of the songs that, that really got me into like your new newer band sound it's called Create Something and I'm just going to play it here and then we'll come back and talk a little about it cool
0: Something more, trying to create something better than before. You know, I said that I like doing something more, just trying to create something, create something. I like doing something more, trying to create something better than before. You know, I said that I like doing something more, just trying to create something, create something. Just let me know, cause I'll be waiting for ya. The release I can't describe It fills my soul with freedom when I write the perfect line You got to feel emotion before it just seems benign Got to trust in the process until you perform it live At first I like it, then I hate it, so I write some more Then I scrap it, think it's shit, kick it out the door Then it hit me, now I know it's finally on my mind Now I love it, thank my muse, time to track the line I like doing something more
2: Awesome. such an infectious song. Um tell us how that came to be. Like to, wh- where, what where it where does that come from?
3: So, um that song creates something, you know, it I feel like the lyrics kind of speak for themselves in the sense. It's just the process of creating whatever it is you create and you might get frustrated at yourself. You might find like a dead end and you don't know where to go and then you give it a day and then you restart. You roll up the piece of paper, you throw it away and then then it for whatever reason like it just clicks and it comes together and it becomes this cohesive well put together thing because you had to go through all those different emotions from highs to lows to get to this final product or final sure thing that fits the mold of who you are as an artist whether it's music or a painter you name it, anything
2: That's cool. That's um, a, it's a great message. Um it yeah and it, it it's an earworm. I mean you listen to it once and you you can't get it out of your head and that that's just something that's a gift. I mean, you don't go, oh, okay. I want to make something that's going to be like uh, in, uh, you know, uh, uh, this commercial or that commercial. You just make music. You make, and and if that happens, great. But it, I, I guess that's just from, you know, I guess osmosis. All, all the music you've listened to your whole life. But but it's a gift, and it really is. We're working on a song, um, in the studio. That's working like, on a few. Yeah. Exactly, yeah. yeah. And it's just I, I literally can't get both of the ones we have started out of my head. Like it just it's constant, you know? The
3: world ain't ready for what we're cooking.
2: <laughs> it's it's it is going to blow some minds. And um I'm just really good beyond excited about it. Um yeah, and it's getting to work with you like all these years later, it's it's really am- amazing to see your growth and you know, you're super detail oriented and you know what you like and that those th- that's not an easy place to arrive at because A lot of times, um, people just—it's easy to lose the forest for the trees if that's such a thing. Well, I
3: I gotta admit, honestly, I picked up a lot of that from my first real studio experience, which—which with you and Kariati, like, just you know, that—that—that was my first idea of how a studio is supposed to be run, or whether it's the workflow or the creative ideas or or just the end result, like amazing product like that was my first experience like that you know? well that that's
2: at 16 or 18 to, to have you know we had Cameron Stone on Shello and there's this just this glorious energy and a like, beautiful song oh it's yeah it's called this could be ours and we're gonna play that in a little bit but uh it's hard where do you go from there like it's like you know we, I was even scared getting back together with you 10 years later whatever it is 15 years later because I'm like we, it's kind of hard to top that but you know, we're we're doing it in a different way. Yeah, and I love the way you know you you work. I mean, you 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 hear something, you you know right away if it's if it's working. And and uh, your pocket on guitar is one of the things that I could take up a whole episode on just talking about um, the pocket that you have <laughs> when you play these rhythm parts. It's like I literally hear Hammond B three bubbling and stuff inside <laughs> the guitar track. It's like what is this? I that's mean,
3: a cool compliment. I appreciate. Oh that. man!
2: I mean, seriously, there was one of the tracks, uh, "Communicate," that we're working on, and there was like one at one point we were wor- worried about a slight tuning issue, and we're, I was like, "There's no way we're gonna recut that rhythm track because it's like I hear like a, a Bob Marley record in that one track. <laughs> that is special. I mean, that's 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 Thank DNA. You. That's in your DNA. You know, for sure. I've posted a couple of clips of you playing guitar, and people are just like, "Holy crap!" You know, it's just tell us a little bit about your, you know, your instrument. Well, oh, this is cool too. You play a uh, lefty, a uh, righty guitar yeah. upside down.
3: So I'm left-handed. Yeah, It usually freaks people out when they first see it, but I play a, a right-handed guitar upside down, lefty. So the the high E string is on the top. Yeah, it goes down from there. Um, kind of self-taught that way. My whole family's right-handed and. You know, when I would steal my dad's bass or my brother's guitar, and it was strung a certain way. And then somebody showed me um, drop D. So what I do is actually I tune the low E to D, and it it's, uh, makes it a little easier for me to do um, chords. Yep, sure. Um, just by the way I play. And I kind of took it from there and kind of created my what I thought were my own voicings and stuff like that to, comes to their actual real notes that are you know so i just kind of figured it out on my own i don't necessarily know the right terminologies for certain things i just kind of play what came out like and sounded good i would just play until it was good you know
2: well you have the just incredible ears like we were you were just picked up an acoustic and started playing um my life by the beatles and there's there's a couple of chords in there that always throw my brain for a loop um and I'm like, how do you do that? And he's like, you just hear it, you know. And yeah, that's that's
3: honestly, it's it's all comes down to your ear, and it, you know, I, I'm blessed like I, to be around a very musical environment and understand it kind of at a young age and kind of be obsessed with it at a young age. Sure, somehow, you know, it just
2: blossomed. Con- I mean, you play percussion, you play, you know, whatever, and it's just, and you put the same the same feeling into it. Um, and it's just incredible. I can't wait to share uh, share it with people. Let's talk about uh, you getting signed to Law Records and what what that's been like. You have a, uh, a multiple album deal with them and you, you're doing some heavy-duty touring. You live down in Key West. There's so much to, to get into. Let's talk about Law Records and how that all came to be.
3: Yeah, so um, Law Records is owned by the guys in the band Pepper, okay. um, a legendary like reggae rock band. In uh, They're from big island of Hawaii. Um, but they are based out of San Diego or California in general now. And, um, you know, a couple of my tracks from my first record, maybe caught wind them, uh, and, you know, it just, it kind of came together organically after I put out my first record. And, um, I, I sent their GM, Paul Milbury, some of the tracks from my new song or from my new, sorry, from yep. my new album. Yep. And, um, and it, you know, they loved them and it just started from there. And while I was living down in Key West, I, uh, I signed with law. Um, we got a three album deal and we're working together on the second one. And, yeah. um, uh, I'm really blessed. Like it's, it's a awesome independent label and, um, super supportive. Uh, I have full creative control and that's amazing. Um, from there, they've helped, b- uh, put the pieces together from management to agent and it's going pretty good
2: that's exciting man it's just it's so it's so a thrill to work on it with you um they you know you started off like before you got into this scene I remember there was you were touring in the 2000s doing like real heavy music like you know when the yeah. where the guitar is like super low um what you know, what do they call that 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 was that era that you know like every the, the guitar oh huh?
3: yeah well we called it grindcore Grindcore. I mean, that's what what that's what yeah. the kids called it
2: I love it though it, it, um yeah
3: well while uh, while we were tracking that song we're going to show people um yep. uh, that that's like what was I, that's what i was doing musically at the time i was in a uh, hardcore metal band and all the uh, crazy growls and yeah. windmill headbanging and you know and then i i did this song with you that was totally <laughs> left field like <laughs> Ballad love song, you know. Oh, it's you know we got
2: it. now. is the perfect time to uh, yeah. We to play it. We have to play it. Yeah, it's gonna be cool. Okay, we're gonna play that. This, this could, could be ours. This could be ours. Yeah. <laughs>
1: That's one
2: amazing track man i'm just i'm kind of floored by it i hadn't heard it in a while i was just like the drums the the cellos your guitar playing it's just it's i think your dad even played some bass on it too yeah, yeah. it's
3: really cool to revisit that track it's
2: it's just the great.
3: uh the chickadee at the end too uh oh, that the tell little bird that. sound tell us about that well it, i think when we recorded it, it was a couple of years after my grandfather died it was my dad's dad yeah. and um it was kind of part of the deal where he was like, because my my grandfather, whenever a chickadee during the summer, you'd hear. Uh, oh, I can't even whistle. Yeah.
2: But, yeah.
3: And my my grandfather would mimic it, and then they'd call Answer back. back. And, yeah. You know that was a memory I, I that we had that. with them uh, w- with him as a kid. And um, my dad was like, "I'll pay for you to record with Anthony, but we got to <laughs> put a chickadee at the at the end of the song." And I was like,
2: "All right, that's perfect. Done deal. Yeah." done deal well you've toured now you know getting into the the American reggae they call that that scene and it it's equal parts reggae but it's there's a there's a real like s- sweating high energy like like get people just like going c- kind of crazy moshing and stuff so it's it's it, it covers a lot of a lot of ground and you you've done these tours with um bands like uh what is it, the dirty heads pepper can you sh- share some memorable uh performances that are like you'll never forget type stuff.
3: Yeah. So I mean, that that Cali Vibes uh event that you yeah. came to, that that was a huge one, you know. Yeah. Snoop Dogg, Headline, Jack yeah. Johnson, um, and just to be like in that environment and like accepted and actually feel comfortable. You know, at those events you kind of get this imposter syndrome and you're like, Sure, how the heck am I here right now? But like, you know, it's been get I've been getting more and more comfortable and it's what you're saying, like, you know, we have been grinding really hard on the road i've been the band is real tight um and what we do is a little different you know um we're like i guess we are categorized as reggae or reggae rock but like um if you listen to the, like both of my records that are out um it, it experiments more than just reggae rock you know there's a lot more influences um that i not i'd purposely try to capture but like just naturally um come out and you know i i like that i like to be the the oddball i like to be the the underdog or whatever the heck it is You, you insert whatever name but um it's i feel like we're making some waves and um we're 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 in a good position and people are digging the music and honestly that's really what it comes down to and um as long as people can relate to the music and dig the tunes and want to come see a show we're we're gonna we're gonna go play and give them the best high energy show that we possibly can
2: well it's definitely making waves my my manager said dude this this guy's like charted on billboard like you know you're <laughs> you're was that the first album or second album dude?
3: my first record um and again that like i i i produced my first two records myself um with my friends at revelry studios my friend matt engineered it uh, that first record we kind of put together just because you know it was just a really great creative environment and just we did it for fun and nothing else and i i i mean obviously i had expectations and there was a purpose like i wanted to do this for a living but you know i was just making music to make music so when it when it dropped and like the reaction (laughs) was crazy the reaction was amazing and i I put out a couple singles first and then that, that single uh how we do ended up number one on the itunes charts you know yeah that's insane which was like crazy to me and then um uh, and that's just one thing but then a couple weeks later i i look at the billboard charts uh in the reggae category yeah and my album the wrong impression was number one on the billboard charts <laughs> and i was like what
2: <laughs> i mean really that's wonderful man
3: and it was it was mind-blowing yeah it's, it's really cool it's to so see.
2: exciting you know and it's it's, it's just great to, to be a part of that momentum and like i think what we're doing now you know there's there's a lot of different sounds on the album and it's going to have a far reach um you know a couple of tracks we're working on have like just massive appeal like they're they're just yeah. i just i think it's going to kind of And
3: you know uh, to to also note on what we're talking about how it's it's veering a little away from reggae it's still like we've been saying it's been walking that line this new music is yep. walking that line between reggae and even a pop element you know and yep. and, and it's really cool to kind of look at it that way Again, it's just what's happening organically in this room in the studio. So sure, it's,
2: it's like what Rick Rubin talks about: how you know you, you got to make music for yourselves, and and you have to you have to it just has to come from that special place. And you you know you, the minute you start trying to chase something, there's something gets lost in translation. Yeah, and I think you know we we came in like not sure exactly what was going to happen. I mean, yeah. you know, we really didn't know. You know, and and then it just started taking shape. In, uh, and it gets a life of its own. And then you're like, oh my gosh. what
3: this!" Now we got two bops on our hands. Yeah,
2: well, look at where this is going. Like, and It's just, it's exciting, you know? When it comes to picking songs and like this album, like I think you said that you might have even up to 15 songs that you're going to cut and then decide the final.
3: Yeah, at least for this next record. The, I mean, I have a plethora of ideas, more than 15, like either, whether it's guitar lines or hooks or like voice memo things. Um, that could be songs. Yep. Uh, I've narrowed it down to a certain amount, which is around 15, that hopefully by the end of January will all be tracked and ready to go from these sessions. Yep. I also did a couple sessions with uh, Eric Krasno from the band Soul Live. Um, he produced a few songs, and I'm also going to go back home and do a few more on my own um, with uh, Revelry Studios. So.
2: Wonderful, yeah, and I, there's some hip-hop element in the Soul Live. Uh, Eric's... Is it Eric? Eric Krasno, yeah. He did yeah. a great job. Yeah, the guy's amazing. I was super impressed. Um, yeah, it's going to be far-reaching. Yeah, we're
3: honestly, this record's going to be along the same lines with my last records, where it's it's going to be a little all over the place as far as influences and like there's hip hop elements, there's pop elements, there's reggae elements. Yep. Um, there's yeah. some jam bandy elements. You know, it's it's endless.
2: You played a cover for me yesterday that is um, coming out. Is it January?
3: Uh, I think the plan is January right I, now I,
2: I don't want to say what it is but it it was it, it completely blew my mind it was like yeah it was it's it's, yeah. it,
3: it's an attempt at a song that was very hard to cover but <laughs> I wanted to do it and I think it came out
1: pretty sick. it
2: came out unbelievable um, how often do you test out um new songs um that you've written like to see how an audience is gonna react do you ever notice like live there's certain songs that just get a bigger reaction.
3: Oh yeah. And you know, um, it, it's, it's funny, like a, as the person who's writing the songs and when they're out, you won't really know which ones will be people's favorites. That m- might not even be my favorites. So like I have my group of songs that I'm the most proud of, obviously yeah. I'm proud of all my songs, but um, there's a group of them. That's like, these are the best ones and they're not even necessarily the most popular ones on on um like spotify or you name it and um it's just really cool to see what people um not are attracted to but can relate to and and what what they're into yeah that's what i find cool about exploring different genres as well yeah so like you know it and it's honestly one one of the most popular tunes that i have out right now is a cover from uh joiner lucas it's a hip-hop tune and, you know, again, I did that one just for fun at Revelry. We put it together and and uh, it's the second most streamed tune that I got. And, and it goes over live better than any of the other tunes that I wrote, you know. It's so funny, right? It, it's It's
2: crazy. So that can actually influence, like, you know, your decision on what to feature. Like if something's working so well live, you might go... Maybe even tempos. Do you ever tweak a tempo for, based on, like, a crowd reaction?
3: Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, like, um, at least in reggae, there's there's a bunch of call-outs that there are, and um, we, we experiment with that live. Whether, depending on how long the set is, we, we kind of... Uh, can I swear here? Sure. We kind of fuck around, you know? Like, that's... <laughs> I, I like to call it that. And, you know, that other will, will call it, quote-unquote, jam, like, we'll jam. But I like to fuck around. So if there, if we got an hour and a half set, and we can stretch the song out, you know, me and my drummer Dave, we have this like telekinesis where we can not say anything and stare at each other, and he knows exactly where I want to go. And
2: that's cool. And
3: and as far as tempo, like I'll, I'll call out like sky, and we'll pick it up instead of right. It'll be like which is and we'll like.
2: Keeping that that tempo up at a high energy level can be exhausting. You might say, I mean, you guys like are all sweaty and sweaty. Dave's
3: an animal on drums. He keeps yeah, he's he keeps that going. He's great. He Keeps the motor running.
2: Do you find um, like say you you've got ideas for songs and you you demo them up a little bit and you know in, in whatever format and then you then you go out and you play a bunch of shows. Do you find like sometimes you go back to those demos and go, oh man, it's so much. I we got to do it faster. We got to make the outro longer i mean so do you actually tweak the arrangements based on some of the input that you get from from crowds and stuff um or not really
3: honestly not really um i just kind of i i i noticed that the way i play them live just playing them every night and like what kind of has been naturally working and yeah i'm not really basing it off necessarily the crowd's response but more so like the energy overall like what it feels like yeah and and um kind of going back and hearing not just the demos but like the records yep um that are out um we play them so much more different live than than how well, we tracked in the studio
2: so would you say so. that there you- Play them faster or just more heavy? What what's the difference? Um,
3: there's definitely more of a rock and roll, like heavier rock and roll element to our live show than it may be portrayed on my records. If that makes sense, yeah,
2: yeah. When it comes to the recording process, this is something that you've been actually helpful with on these uh, this set of sessions. Is the uh, I can spend like an inordinate amount of time on on something that doesn't even get used, you know, and that happens, and that's just part of my process. But you seem to get to a place where you're like, you know what? we got this let's you know and i for me like that's refreshing because you know usually i'm the one that, ha- that gets to the point where and you know and people ask me well how you do-
3: have so many toys to tinker with in oh, here oh i
2: know <laughs> that that part is endless but it's like yeah it's like people ask me that you know um how do you know when something's done and i always say when you're out of time and money <laughs> yeah <laughs>
3: that's a good answer <laughs> Yeah, which
2: is terrible. That's not really the way it should be. Rick Rubin <laughs> would not like that. Nah. He would not approve. We live in a weird time. Yeah, yeah, he'd he would say that it's done when you're happy with it. Yes. And, and and you feel good about it, and and yeah. So that you've been really, I think you're you're gifted in that way. You you tend to know like, you know what? Let's just do this last sound on the bridge, and we got it. Yeah, and and that's for me. That's like that's great having somebody uh, a collaborator like that. Well,
3: honestly, that's still a new thing for me because uh, having produced a a few of my own things, it's like it's very easy to kind of get lost in the sauce and you know uh, a little bit overdo it. Like it needs keys, it needs the organ, (laughs) it needs this too. Like Like, it's cool to have all that, but sometimes for the recording, it's just not necessary to do and. And that's a practice that I've been taking on myself of, like, okay, like, maybe it's like Charmin Ultra, you know? Yeah. Less is more.
2: (laughs) Well, you know what's funny? As I get older, like, I find myself shutting things off during mixes instead of adding more. Like, Mm -hmm. I used to be, like, just, you know, the 200 tracks and, oh, we still need... But now I'm as I get older, I'm finding myself leaving more space for things. And if that's falling on a, a key vocal, line, drop it out. It's like just mm-hmm. and I, you getting to that point so much younger in your career is really impressive. You know, oh, I appreciate you, it. You know, I mean it. Um, well,
3: I look up to you guys. That's why I'm here working yep, with yep. you too. And so hearing you say that means oh, a lot. It's it's, you know?
2: it's great, man. Um, do you, as far as like your topics, like this, the two songs we're working on are very upbeat, positive they're easy they're accessible but there's a certain i don't know poetic profoundness to them as well um what kind of messages like when you go to write songs do you do you have like a yeah tell us about like why you write about why you write about and what are some of the, do you ever get political do you ever you know like are you do you kind of stay away from that you know
3: like, i try at least in my writing now i'm it's nothing is honestly politically yeah. motivated in any way yeah. but more so trying to be relatable to humans Like, that's, like, again, like, we can say we have a goal with our music, but, like, the music that I write is what I'm going through that also everyone around you is also going through that we're not talking about. Like, people aren't talking about it. Sure. Everyone's got their shit. Everyone's got a thing that is bringing them down. But it's a it's a matter of like finding an outlet for it. For me, it's music. Yep. And that the new song that we're working on, "Communicate," explores that idea of like, like you know, um, from from people you don't even know, but also to your best beloved friends friends that you haven't seen in five years. Like, sure. And and everyone's just got shit going on, and and it's a feeling we all feel, but we don't talk about. But when you meet up again. You're all laughing, and it's like no time has passed at all, and everything's cool, and it, just that feeling, whatever that wow. is, I kind of want to
1: capture. That's
2: like, yeah, and I think you do, and it, that's really well spoken. That's uh, it's kind of like you talked about art. The art form is, you know, diving into things that might be tougher to discuss than other things, mm-hmm. and that's kind of what you know, what you're talking about is being able to like, but but frame it in a positive light you know
3: just make it human
2: yeah that's that's amazing dude really do you have any advice for um emerging musicians and songwriters looking to kind of not necessarily in your genre but like what advice could you maybe give to people that are like just independent artists that are trying to get their songs out there um you know what what could you, what would you say
3: um i i've been asked this a few times i guess i have a, i've had a bunch of different answers but yep. honestly it, it's really like do what you really care about like Uh, as cliche as that may be where like, you know, find who you are as an artist, like what makes you, you, what makes you unique, something that you might even be ashamed of or whatever it is. If you look at it and own it and use that as your craft, whatever it may be Um, and not care really what people think about what you're doing, because it will stand out. And if you feel like you got what it takes to take on this, ridiculous crazy mission of making music for a living yeah go for it yeah and and money shouldn't be the motivation because if money was my motivation I wouldn't choose the music industry yeah for sure but the goal is to take care of my family and I'm blessed that I have the opportunities I have and but it's a long road to do it so as long as this young artist is down for a long road of emotions and all in the name of your creativity and craft then Go for it. I think
2: like, I think the the path that you've taken is becoming more and more respected and frankly even expected because you know you can have you can have a song blow up ten million views on TikTok and have never played a show and 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 you're gonna get in front of people and it's not, you're not gonna you're not gonna blow them away so like it's
3: a common tale these days you know that's where...
2: what I'm saying it's different to get to do the grind to get three years of like horrible. Uh, club dates with like ten people in the audience and every one of those yeah. shows you're learning.
3: Go to Kentucky yep. and eat shit in front of five people. Yeah. And then next time go eat shit in front of ten people. Yeah. And then next time twenty. <laughs> that's how you do it. Yeah. You know? There's no shortcut. TikTok gives the illusion of a shortcut. You may like win big on 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 a video. And you know, that's still something I'm trying to do. I'm yeah. still still learning myself. Like yeah. of course I want people to hear more of my music and see it. And if it, if it's the outlet of TikTok or Instagram, yeah, hell yeah, I'll you, do it.
2: You can do a silly um, dance up there, you know.
3: But like, if you hit and you hadn't haven't done the physical work of playing shows, you're gonna play a show in front of five people, but feel like you own the world because you have one big TikTok.
1: For you.
2: Yeah, yeah, it's gonna you know? it's gonna fall flat in the long run. Wow, or, or or not? Yeah, you know,
3: like it's, yeah, it's the I mean, unknown.
2: It's the unknown. Yeah, because it, it, there's so many talented people out there. It's just it's some part of it's frankly a crapshoot, you know. But when you do the work and and you're conscientious and you and and you put the time in, you know that that that's the result. But honestly, you have to have a certain level of God given talent, um, which you you were you know blessed with. You Thank know? you, man. Um, so, what other upcoming projects are after this album? like you have some tours coming up? Let's talk a little bit about some dates people can see you and yeah,
3: stuff. um I'm embarking on my first headlining tour starting uh, in the fall, all of November and into December. Um, I'll be doing that with um, my buddy Joey Harkham out of Maryland. I'm stoked. It's you know, things are going so smooth that it's scary. Yeah, like something's gonna go wrong soon. <laughs> we'll see. But
2: no, that's exciting. I yeah. want to see you again. I can't wait to see you. You play again. I'll, I'll stay, keep me in the loop for sure. Know?
3: We should be in the West Coast again, twenty twenty four. That's that's the plan.
2: Awesome, man. You know, and once we get the album done, you know, we'll get you back on sometime to play a couple of tracks and yeah. like, talk, talk about the studio secrets that went into making the. The tracks.
3: studio secrets that. Yeah. Came into these songs. We yes. can talk
2: about shaker technique, man. How many <laughs> how many shakers are we looking at here? Uh
3: yeah. a whole lot. Yeah. <laughs> a whole lot of shakers. You know, a
2: whole lot of shaking going on. We
3: used a couple different bells and whistles. Yeah, yeah and we
2: get into the swing factor, man, because that's yeah. what it's all about. And that's what I love about your music. It has this swing to it that's you know, you can't put it on a grid. It's got it's the swing is is the those numbers, they're not one twenty, two forty, three sixty, four eighty. They're they got their own thing and it's been really spiritual and educational for me to work with you as well and i can't wait to have you back man i yeah,
3: the feelings mutual i appreciate yeah. it man thanks so much for
2: coming and yeah. we'll see you down the road we'll do this again
3: i'll tell my dad you said hi
2: i will <laughs> awesome man awesome i think we should leave with one more track what, what, what should we play for the the, uh, the last track for people that's something you would love to play
3: um one of mine yeah hmm let's put on war of love Love it. Yeah, let's do that one.
0: Ask yourself if you know who you are Before you go and take a side Now this feeling inside is bizarre I'll try to find the spark to ignite the Fire light, the Love inside us It's time to focus on what it's meant to be Maybe it's my head Maybe it's my head that bears the space for the That you need for the love You know that real kind of love
3: Say I love you, that, Olivia.
2: <laughs> that's wonderful. That's that was that's so cute. Okay, guys, uh, this is Anthony J. Resta signing off. Studio Secrets A to Z. Um, come to our website. Follow us here and there and everywhere. And we'll see you next time.
3: Yeah.